I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. We have plans when we're approaching a fire and EMS scene. Once we get on scene, we put that plan into action and we make adjustments as needed. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Bill Dungey, a guy who's just got his feet wet in the fire service, but is making a big splash. He's personally put together a system of goal setting and accountability called The Wedge that he's willing to share for free. So take a listen to what he has to say and get some perspective from a guy who's fired up and just getting started. Without any further delay, here's my conversation with Bill Dungey. All right, Mr. Bill Dungey, thanks for showing up. Thanks for being on the podcast, my man. Uh, thanks unprompted for saying my last name with the soft G. Usually I have to say it's not Dungy, it's Dungy. Unprompted. First go. That was, nice. that was good. Right on score. Well, thanks for coming on my man. Um, I wanted to, it was cool that you reached out and, uh, we're willing to talk about what you have going on. Um, but before we dive into all that, why don't you just give us a little bit of background as to who you are, um, any involvement with the fire service and, and, and what drives you. And then we can dive into uh, what you have titled the wedge. Sure. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, I am a guy that wears a bunch of different hats. So uh, I, grew up with the aim of working in social services and uh, went to college for it the whole bit. And I worked with uh, uh, kids, teens and adults that have autism spectrum disorders for a real good while. Then I shifted into working with young offenders. And shortly after that, I completely switched lanes and started working in IT. So um, I've been doing IT now for our family business uh, for about nine years, maybe even 10 years. And uh, we just do uh, cybersecurity and commercial IT, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, my introduction to the fire service was in uh, December 2020 when I joined our local volunteer fire department. Um, so... I'm about as green as they come when it comes to <laughs> uh, firefighting. Uh, so much so, like I, I still have like the probationary volunteer firefighter on my email uh, signature, right? I don't even have the red stripes off my helmet yet. Uh, nice, right on. <laughs> um, we got to start somewhere. When it comes to uh, what drives me, I guess the what you know predicates. Uh, this project is uh, I've kind of lived as like two versions of Bill. So the version before you today is a product of what came out of, I guess, who I used to be. Uh, I even remember in the interview process for Volunteer Fire, they brought up the, uh, you know, what are some of the traits that uh, you think would fit a firefighter. And I was speaking on discipline uh, because I have been uh, a very undisciplined person. So okay. uh, to give you an idea, that would be six years ago uh, when I finally hit 265 pounds, I stopped weighing myself because uh, I I was the word that popped into my head is I was sick of it. Like I was sick of weighing myself and 
uh, feeling the feelings that I had when I was getting on the scale. I stopped allowing people to take pictures of me, uh, that kind of thing. That type of mindset developed into a lot of anger and uh, what turned into eventually uh, some mild depression, lots of anxiety, just not in a good spot. Um, I encountered a little bit more uh, or a little bit more significant or, you know, dare I say, damaging depression and anxiety when my son was born, if you can believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, is more like, um, I've read about that, you know, like guys have uh, depressive symptoms postpartum. And I couldn't mm -hmm. figure out why I was feeling like that. And I just kind of rode that out. Um, you know, in my own notes here, I've got that I used words like pathetic to describe my state. And you're not supposed to say that about yourself, but that's the way I felt. So I feel like it's important to acknowledge that. Anyways, right, uh, yeah. my kid was, uh, you know, maybe two years old and we were playing around in the basement and I got winded, like just chasing this kid around the basement. Like I was like kind of huffing and puffing mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what happened, but in my brain, I just handed my kid off to my wife. I went upstairs, put winter boots on and ran to the end of the road and then ran home and almost died, you know, but I was just like, that's enough kind of thing. Like I had this like weird break where I was like, that's enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And, uh, that turned into, you know, I ran around the block. I couldn't believe it. I ran around the block. Then I ran one kilometer. Then I ran 5k. It took me like three months to build up to it, man. When I pulled in my driveway, I had like the Rocky arms going, you know, like I couldn't believe yeah. I did it. <laughs> um, that turned into, you know, I started eating better and paying attention to things that was, you know, maybe took about a year or so to figure out how to do that. I ran a couple of races. I did an obstacle course race. And then I, I also remember I did Tough Mudder. Which we one did, was that? Oh, okay. A Tough Mudder we did. Uh, there was a local one here put on by the police force. Gotcha. And, um, man, I just, I felt better. Like I had this other weird epiphany thing. Like I was like, I feel good. I feel better. Like it's possible to keep this train rolling kind of thing. Um, I guess the next big thing was I started jujitsu. When I started jujitsu, uh, aside from getting absolutely annihilated for like the first six months, <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt capable and like I had never felt like that before. I felt like I was like I could do things. So um, I guess I figured out that like you can you can control your output and realign or shift your input to manage that kind of thing. Anyways, uh, I'm about a year into the fire service. Actually, we just finished our recruit training like six weeks ago. So uh, uh, fresh as fresh can be. And uh, as far as drive is concerned, where the last few years it's been totally intrinsic like I'm basically feeding the feeling inside of me. Um, 
the the process has now become extrinsic where i feel uh before i was trying to get stronger and faster for bill and i feel like i owe that to others now so uh it's less about discipline maybe and more about duty and you know what i even feel weird talking about that because i'm like you know a year in what am i talking about yeah but yeah. I, I do feel that way though so i think yeah. it's valid to discuss in any case oh absolutely yeah i mean once you once you start um growing up as you grow older you you inherently uh take on a lot more responsibility i mean especially when you I feel like just naturally you do that. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are shy of it and they're kind of trying to keep it at bay as long as they can, which to me, I, I feel like says a lot about society in general right now. But um, I feel like, especially when we, we become fathers, we, and when we obtain positions in society, like a firefighter where other people are relying on us, I feel like it kind of lights that spark. And we kind of wake up and shake out of our apathy a bit. And we realize, well, these people are reliant on us. Like it is our duty to provide, you know, for them and protect these people and, and, and preside over ourselves in a manner where we can be what we're supposed to be for these people. So when you brought up duty, that was, I mean, I totally agree with that. I think that the, the discipline and duty kind of go hand in hand with that. Um, so yeah, and then you brought up jujitsu too, which boy, oh boy, that really is a mental and a physical game. And I know a lot of people kind of write it off as a physical game, but man, it's just as much mental chess as it is like physical chess. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, man, when you say the word responsibility, um, Jordan Peterson has been instrumental in uh, my development over the last couple of years. His whole thing about you know, you should take on so much responsibility that it almost breaks you like that much that you should be that capable. Um, that was certainly one of the things that drew me towards the fire service, but uh, certainly on an ongoing basis, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, goal setting, for example, you know, one of the uh, before I even say this, you know, I'm one of those guys where like, you know, those like motivational videos on YouTube or whatever, where mm -hmm. there's like, there's the guy up at the front. And he's like, you can be the hero of your own life story. I get yeah. jacked up by those. I'm oh, that guy, yeah. you know, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I take like those phrases, like I have, uh, you know, mirrors in my home gym here and there's like just stuff written on them, you know, lift, angry, attack, this kind of right. stuff like it that stuff yeah. uh it affects me i'm the guy they wrote those videos for you know but when it comes to to goal setting the thing that i've been saying when it uh talks about responsibility is um the goal setting shouldn't be about building sharper firefighters it should be about building or sorry how sharp can you get yeah you know like that there should be this constant uh constant aggressive ambition to get sharper and like that's that accepting the burden of that 
right? Because that's a lot of work. Oh yeah, heck yeah, it is. Yeah, um, the idea is I actually have a, uh, I've got a claymore hanging in my home. It's a it's a replica of William Wallace's sword, and it's cool. hanging in my home, and it's and it's been hanging there ever since I've moved in here, ever since I've lived here. And I've got three kids. My oldest is is a senior in high school right now, and I've had people be like, well, don't you think it's dangerous hanging a sword in your house? And I'm like, that depends. You know, that depends if you're not teaching your children the right thing or to be wary of these things or why that thing is hanging in my home, then yeah, it, it could be dangerous, but I could be dangerous. You know, it just depends on the mode I'm in and, and what it is that I'm refining myself to be, um, whether it's, um, an ignorance of my physical health, you know, that makes me dangerous in that I'm not capable of doing certain things. And it makes me dangerous to myself in that, like you mentioned earlier, the mindset that kind of goes along with that, uh, complacency, you know, it, it's, it's toxic to us. It's toxic to us and it's toxic to others. Um, you mentioned getting sharper. So I mentioned that, uh, that sword hanging there because I use it as an object lesson to my kids. And I talk about how only when that sword is at its sharpest, is it going to be its most effective. Wow. Let's go. And I talk to my kids about that, how like, you know, the more you go to school, the more you learn new things, the more you refine your ability or your practice in anything like anything. And, and again, you brought up jujitsu, the more you refine that practice, the more skilled you will become in that thing, the sharper you will become in that thing. And so I think that's just a great testament to that. And I saw you just got purple belt. Is that right? Yes, sir. On Tuesday. <laughs> right on. Good deal, man. Well done. That's, that's work, dude. I know, I know some guys and I've rolled with a few guys and, and they're like, you know, very humble about it. And they're like white belts for life, but <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a very humbling experience. That's for sure. Um, one thing I'd like to talk on real quick, you talked about anger and uh, how that led to like certain depression and different mindset mm -hmm. and growing up. And even today, anger is my number one emotion. That's probably my biggest Achilles heel. And it really comes from a sense of injustice. So if I see something that I feel is unjust that's happening or isn't right, that makes me frustrated and angry. And uh, over the years, I've been able to refine how I utilize that anger. And you, you mentioned how you have things in your gym, you know, like lift angry. And that's actually been one of the, one of the really effective tools that I've used to help not ignore the anger or keep the anger at bay, but actually use it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, uh, I kind of experience life as we all do. And, and those emotions come and go, but as that anger comes, I've kind of put a red flag on it because I know that that's, that could be the thing that destroys me. And so I kind of put it in a mental jar, put that jar on a shelf. Then when I go to the gym, I take that mental jar off the shelf and I pull out that anger and I use it up. And so it's depleted. Um, and like you said, control your output and shift your input. Um, when it comes to managing that for you, 
How do you feel? What systems have you put in place to help you get yourself through that anger or utilizing that anger in a positive way? Uh, running, <laughs> running, yeah, just run it out. <laughs> yeah. Running like fundamentally saved my life. Uh, mm-hmm. or let's say altered my trajectory in such a way that I'm a com- completely different person than the person I could have been. Uh, gotcha. But before you can run it out, though, you have to uh, sort of recognize where you're going and accept that that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, I think it's really well. I know it's really, really hard to accept that you're angry. <laughs> that that yeah. sounds like a really simple task, but uh, anger is a projection, right? And so usually that's like in your case, you're talking about um, injustice. So you might see something external to yourself and it resonates inside of you in that mm-hmm. way, right? But sometimes it can even be like, you know, the shift of blame goes to that other person. You made me feel like this. You know, it's uh, one of my like, uh, one of my dad sayings, if you will, that gets repeated ad nauseum in here to the point where eyes roll is, I can't Mm -hmm. make you feel anything. You respond to what's happening. That's exactly right, yep. Right, and so, I guess for me, it was uh, recognizing it was, you know, it was also, you know, a year's worth of honest conversations with my wife about like, you know, trying to explain to her, I don't even know why I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why. And sometimes, you know, for me, that anger would come out as sadness. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I don't even know why I'm sad. I'm just sad. Then that would piss me off because then I'd be like, what am I doing with my time? That was the biggest yeah. thing. I'm well, they are, that adds a level of confusion. Yeah. Oh, just, just melting time away, you know, uh, without anything to show for it. And so I guess for me, it was uh, running was the thing that uh, I found, uh, you know, if you're not a runner, you can hear this and kind of get it, but I feel like you have to go out for a run to get it. There's the wall when you're running, right? And yeah. then eventually when you get to that place, there's that place where it kind of checks you and it goes basically like I've had enough. I'm done running. Mm-hmm. And you just have to tell that thing to sit down and we're done when I say we're done. Right, and man. That's, that's when the work gets done. That's when, I can, uh, that's when I can start figuring out, like, uh, my wife's a runner too, right? So she kept on trying to tell me, like, just go for a run, just go, it it fixes everything. But it does, it clears my brain. It lets me like, um, Russell Brand had a great, uh, a great way of describing this. He said that when we uh, deal with obstacles in our life or problems, that they mount up on our shoulders like a tower. And when you exercise, you push that tower over. So instead of it being a weight on your shoulders, they're all lined up in front of you. And all you have to do is go through them one at a time. Right. And I feel like 
that's the best way I could describe how it feels to uh, physically, I guess, work through some of those emotions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so much data uh, psychologically and physically in regards to our um, biological makeup of, of the positive effects of exercise, just any kind of exercise, whatever it may be, running, you know, going to the gym, CrossFit, whatever it may be. But one of the most interesting things that uh, I've learned is that the people who are at the gym or the people who are active and in, in exercising typically aren't the types of people who make excuses. You know, that kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, they're not the ones who rely on other people's work to get them where they want to be because they understand inherently that it's all on you. Yeah. Like it's all on you to do the work, to get it done, to work through whatever. Um, you'd mentioned how you and your wife talked about running and uh, hitting the wall and you really just have to push past it. And that's where you say the real work gets done because interestingly enough, I feel like that's, the point where you have outpaced your body mentally, right? Yeah. And you've gotten to the point where you have regained control and you're like, well, now I'm in control and it provides you that clarity. And so you have convinced your body just to keep going and then you can kind of check out and then sit in your little mind palace, you know, while your body keeps yeah. running. <laughs> your mind palace. Yeah. I like yeah, that. And, and work through <laughs> some things, you know, work through some stuff. Um, so that's great, man. That's great. Um, definitely we have all of these emotions that we experience and, and, and you'll, you'll learn this if you haven't already, I'm sure you've seen some, uh, being new to the fire service, but there are so many things that we encounter and we encounter things that people may never see in their lifetimes. And not only that, we will encounter them exponentially more often. Mm -hmm. So it's like a compounding of lifetime events, if you will. That's, that's how I see it. And we've really ignored our ability to deal with those emotions and deal with those things that we're seeing to the point where, you know, firefighter suicides are up rampantly and it's just decimating who we are as a culture. And so I, I feel like it's really important that we talk about how we manage these emotions that we don't ignore them that we're not burying them with some kind of like you know drinking or or drugs or whatever else it may be and that we actually walk through it and like you said put those put those structures in front of you and then uh, take them on one at a time and get them out of your way if not just walking past them you know mm -hmm. nothing says that we necessarily have to crush them into powder but <laughs> what if we just acknowledge it and walk past it you know, yeah, I mean, that's uh, kind of piggybacks on the whole responsibility thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you know, it's funny when I get to talking about this kind of stuff, I kind of feel like it's almost out of turn, right? Because I'm, I'm brand spanking Daisy fresh, <laughs> you know, but, but really, uh, what I was going to say before that entered my brain was you signed up for this. So yeah, on, on the opposite side, or you know, in the, that goes along with that saying or being said is that 
you also signed up for figuring out how to do that. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like uh, another uh, one of these key phrases I've got written all over my gym is nobody's coming. Right. Yeah. And it's like your yeah. battles within you, nobody's coming. You have to figure out how to deal with this stuff. And, you know, I think it's going to be different for every single person, but it's, it's totally reasonable to believe that every single person can get through this stuff. We just got to figure out what works for everybody, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and like you said, for you, it may be running, uh, for, for someone else, it may be strictly jujitsu for someone else. It may be yoga, um, you know, whatever it is. And maybe it's a combination of all of that. And it's really up to you to find out what of those things or what formula is going to help you through that mess or help you through that, that issue. Um, you brought up the, the quote, like, uh, nobody can make you feel a certain way. Like ultimately it's your choice. Right. And that kind of reminds me of a book, one of my favorite books by Viktor Frankl and it's called man's search for meaning. And he is the foremost, I'm sure you know about that book. You, um, good stuff. He, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Spent years in three different concentration camps, survived them all. And the research he, he, uh, accumulated and, and took notes on while in these horrible conditions was that as long as he was able to choose his mindset, ultimately that's what got him through. Ultimately that's what helped him survive. And he, he witnessed uh, in a quantifiable way, he witnessed and took notes on the people who would give up versus the people who would endure. And I feel like, you know, with our careers, we're so concentrated. We go 20, maybe 30 years. Um, that's kind of the window for us as firefighters. And that's a concentrated dose of emotions, of seeing some horrible things, but also seeing some great things. So there's a lot of highs, there's a lot of lows. And it's up to us to really kind of balance those out and i say balance not like in a in a term of uh check the box and we're done like we're done we've balanced it but i feel i imagine it like uh you know how you're on a bicycle if you stop pedaling you know you have to it's constant corrections right it's constant momentum and constant corrections it's not just like we sit on a bike and then we don't have to do any work and mm -hmm. if we did that we would just tip right over you know but um yeah that's great insight my man it requires um, a it requires a presence to be able to do that right like you have to be engaged uh, in the process itself absolutely absolutely i don't know for sure but i think you know when you're talking about endurance and enduring this is totally bro science right so mm -hmm. i think that's something you can work on i think if you just keep on doing stuff that's like egregiously hard you can work on getting your mind to that state where it's like, I've been here. Oh yeah. You know, it's gotta be like, you start jujitsu, you're going to get assassinated for the right, first, yeah. <laughs> for the first nine months. You're going to get yeah. assassinated. Yeah. You know, but then it's like, you're just kind of used to getting assassinated. <laughs> like, <it's Yeah>. just... <laughs> So now you're comfortable in it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and not to, not comfortable to the point where you're okay with being destroyed. No, but it still comfortable sucks. to the yeah, yeah. It's still it's still not com- It's still not. Uh, but it's uh, Tuesday. That's word? what we do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do on this day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I it's it's honestly. Uh, you mentioned bro science, but there's a lot to what you said. And uh, I had a conversation with a, a local firefighter here from Tempe named Ben Dubin, and he's Wim Hof certified. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about the science behind that. And there's a lot of similarities between what you're talking about and, and what he talks about because he, he touches on the idea of cold therapy, right? So like cold plunge, take a cold mm-hmm. plunge in like a 40 degree tank or whatever. And uh, that's not fun per no, se, man. you know, like <laughs> you, know? you only, yeah, like it's just like bit by bit, day by day. If you, if you can spend, if you can just get in and then get out real quick on one day, maybe the next day you can get in, count to three seconds and then get out. And yeah. then the following day, count to five seconds or, you know what I mean? And it's that buildup over time, honestly. And uh, there is a lot to what you said about how just doing that over time and getting good. And I don't want to say get comfortable at being uncomfortable, but getting good at being uncomfortable. I yeah. feel is a that's a way better a way huge to say it. skill. Yeah, I've heard the get comfortable being comfortable a lot, and I'm like, eh, I don't really agree with that. I don't really like the way that sounds, but I feel like getting good at being uncomfortable really sets people apart. Yeah, I think that's a great way to say it, like a skill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, what you're doing with the wedge what what is this what does it entail what inspired it and uh yeah let's hear it all right so um in my garage we have this uh folding table and i have two buddies that live in this neighborhood we train jujitsu together uh like it's it's competitive to the point of like they've got those, uh, you know, security cameras in the driveway or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. we'll just go do pushups in the driveway just to let them know, you know, very competitive nature in yeah. this, this neighborhood. That's funny. That's um, great. <laughs> so every Friday, uh, you know, barring like life events and work and stuff, we get together on Fridays around the table. We all have a table in our garage, so we'll take turns hosting. And it's just kind of called the table. But at the table... We describe what we're working on. We talk about what obstacles we're facing in, you know, family and life and our goals. And we hold each other accountable uh, like nothing I've ever experienced. Uh, These other two guys are uh, local police officers. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were actually the ones that uh, told me, hey, you should go check out volunteer fire. And yeah. that that's what started that whole path was the table. Um, so in 2019, I started to formalize this process and I was like, Oh, we should do like a challenge or something like that. Something where like somebody can win. And yeah. um, I started working on this project. I called it the wedge. This is well before I got into fire. I just, uh, I liked the idea that a wedge can be used to divide and fortify. So like you can cut it into the middle of yourself 
and divide yourself into something new while at the same time fortifying what you already know, right? Against the pressures on the outside, you drive a wedge on the middle, it's just going to make it all stronger. So I ran this in my driveway as like beta tests for maybe three or four sessions. And then I started to really formalize it and write it down and, uh, uh, developed this and I eventually brought it to the fire service specifically focused. So here's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's an open source and free program. So that means you just go to timeandeffort.ca and you can download it in full. It's free. There's no catch. It's open source. So you want to cut it, chop it, uh, do whatever you got to do to make it fit whatever group you're trying to run with, cut it, chop it, republish it. I don't care. Uh, It's fundamentally a goal setting program uh, because what we've been talking about here is great, but what we're talking about is action. And it's my opinion, uh, just based on, you know, my own life experience that goals are usually structured with good intentions but poor technique. And so fundamentally, this is a program about staging goals correctly. And I say that like capital C correctly, because I do think you can do it incorrectly. Like take, for example, everybody you've ever heard that says, I want to lose weight. You're like, well, congratulations, Timmy. Everybody wants to lose weight. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this takes takes place over one month specifically because, uh, you know, like between my friends, I'll say like I have hobby ADD, like I'm that guy. I'm into everything. So one month is like that's a significant uh, that's a significant block of time for Bill. Four weeks, we're going to generate and work on uh, smart goals. So if you've been around goal setting at all. Uh, SMART methodology stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time sensitive. I think I got all of them. <laughs> yeah, time bound. Yeah. Um, so we're going to stage goals in three aspects of ourselves. And if you imagine what a wedge looks like, like an inverted triangle, on the first plane, we're going to talk about a goal for our body. So that can be anything from like, I'm only going to eat out on Fridays for this month, all the way to I'm going to deadlift X amount of plates. It scales based on what you want to work on. Uh, On the same plane, we're going to work on something to do with the mental. That should be something about learning. And it should be, um, you know, like, take your pick, IFF, NFPA, FEMA, they all have free courses, go out there Mm -hmm. and do a course. Yeah. Uh, and you can bang this off on a Sunday. Um, once those two things are uh, formed correctly, then we can work on our craft, the bottom of the triangle. The craft should be something you already know you're weak at when it comes to the fire service. So uh, take, for example, I ran this in August with this uh, group of psychos in my driveway. <laughs> uh, my, um, my body goal was to do a 12-mile ruck. 12-mile uh, ruck inside 
five hours, I think it was. I can't remember the time, but it was time bound as well. Gotcha. Um, my mental goal was to read. I got this book for my birthday about uh, medics from World War II. It's all about oh, sweet. Canadian medics and stuff. It's just super cool uh, uh, history there. So I wanted to read that book. My craft goal was to generate a manual for uh, our truck at the station. I wanted to go through every single compartment and list the location of every single tool. Uh, not only so that I would learn the truck better, but so that recruits in the future would actually have a little bit of literature instead of just like you open up the door and you're like, okay, what's in this one? But they would have like a little guidebook to go by. At the end of that month, uh, so maybe before I break down the index, uh, there's maybe a couple bonus features about this kind of thing that I picked up while I was doing the social work gig. Um, I have some statements in there that would help you conduct a group check-in. That could happen over email or Instagram. That could happen in person. But it should be like uh, the idea was to create a situation where we can talk about obstacles and we can talk about what we're having a hard time with without talking about what we're having a hard time with like on the emotional or really deeply personal side to like literally practice how do we talk to each other about what we're having a hard time with how do we just be open about that um alongside that there's a section on journaling you have an episode uh 143 on journaling right where uh I've got two structured models for starting a journal because you should be writing down what you're feeling and what you're going through. Never mind that. Every great person in history has had a journal. So why don't you? Like, let's go. Yeah, get, for real. Get, getting all worked up. No, I, to so. I totally agree, man. <laughs> um, one of my biggest inspirations for that was Leonardo da Vinci. And I mean, his, his journals are works of art. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the, the things that he at, took action on and went out there to learn and, and put systems in place for these things, it actually kind of reminds me of the fact that you went out and, and took notes on a manual for your truck, right? Like where all the tools are and all of that. So now that you took action on that thing, you did that thing, not only did it benefit you in regards to that knowledge, but you've created a system to pass on to future firefighters who can benefit from that. Right. Yeah. And that's literally what the whole point of a journal should be. I feel if, if not, at least you're the one benefiting, but potentially, you know, our posterity, the, the firemen who come behind us, um, maybe we can eventually contribute it on a, on a national or even a worldwide scale. You just never know. You just yeah. never know. You know, uh, I, was t I was telling you about that. I'm I'm the guy that's affected by like motivational speeches and whatever. Yeah, yeah. On our on our first day, we got shown the uh, FDIC keynote from Mike Dugan, mm. uh, where his whole thing is: um, Are you trying to make the fire service better? If not, why not? And I was like, You guys yeah. got to be careful, man. Like you're gonna yeah. light a you're gonna get me going here. <laughs> <laughs> light a powder keg, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna become ignited. One could say 
Yeah. <laughs> the drop. Absolutely, though, right? Yeah, it's true. At uh, at the end of this one month uh, uh, time period where we're going to be working on our goals, uh, you should be seeking to host something I've called the index. And that's just borrowed from the military, right? But that should be a long form group workout because like it or not, we grow, we transcend ourselves when we accept the burden of voluntary hard shit. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you can get a group together and go on a good long ruck and do a bunch of PT, uh, stage it so that it's going to be longer than any workout like i'm talking like three or four hours like let's go out for a good long ruck and just beat ourselves up yeah that's how you should celebrate the work at the end of this thing yeah see uh the the phrase that i've cut into this program as like maybe the uh uh the vision i guess is time effort pace and cadence and i think uh that's fundamentally, I think that's all you need. As, as long as you remember, all you need to do is keep time, effort, pace, and cadence at the top of your mind when you're working on something. So it's like, do I have enough time to actually execute on this? Do I mm-hmm. have, uh, there's a guy on uh, Instagram right now, uh, aggressive firefighter. He's, I think he's in Oregon. Did I even say that right as a Canadian? Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's running this. We're kind of like doing it remotely, right? Uh, yeah. He's a lieutenant out there getting after it. And so I was, he brought his goals to me. And uh, I helped him uh, basically make sure that those goals fell within that smart methodology. And... My first question was, if you have a family, do you have time? Do you actually have the minutes and hours to make this happen? Do you have the physicality and do you have the, like, uh, up against your own levels of fatigue, do you have the effort to make it happen? Can you, can you work fast enough to do this in one month? And right. if, you, if you're saying you can work fast enough, can you keep it up for a whole month, right? Time, effort, pace, and cadence. That's what it's all about. Awesome. I like that. I like that you can break it up into those four quadrants. Um, I typically operate under a system of four different quadrants. Um, and they might sound something like um, <clears throat> connection, condition, calibration, and contribution. Ooh, something like that. that. Lay it on me again and write it down. (laughs) So connection, calibration, condition, and contribution. Wow. And those are, those are terms that uh, my friend Ryan Mickler has come up with to set in place in regards to systems that he, um, that he operates under. And so let's talk about just real quick um, what each one of those means and so connection is going to be obviously the the connection that you have with people or like your relationships right so what are you focusing on in regards to your relationships 
Um, and then what was the other one? Condition. So condition would be a physical aspect, right? What are you working on physically? Calibration is going to be a mental, a mental aspect of it. Uh, what are you working on? What book are you reading? What class are you taking? What's something new that you're learning? And then your contribution. What are you contributing to the things that you love? Basically, um, you mentioned, you know, what are you doing to contribute to the fire service? And if nothing, why not? Like, why are you here? Why are you even here if you're not, <laughs> if you're not willing to contribute something, right? So that's, uh, that's the system that I've kind of adopted. Um, but I mean, there are multiple different ways that you can label these, these categories. And I like that you've got your specific here in relation to the wedge, in relation to what's going on there, time, effort, pace, and cadence. But then you also brought up like the three, the three sides to the wedge, right? You know, body, mind, and craft. So that's great. The, the whole idea of putting systems in place is really where it's at because that's what separates us uh, in the fire service from those who aren't willing to go through or adhere to those systems, right? We have to have a system when we show up to fight a fire. We have to have a system in place. We don't just shoot from the hip. And, and the people that we serve expect us to have that system and expect us to know that and, and be ready to execute on that in any given moment. Um, but in order to have those systems in place, you really have to keep them on the forefront of your mind at all times. And they say on or off duty, you know, you're still a firefighter. And I agree with that to an extent in that we should be compartmentalizing our lives in regards to not bringing work stuff home with us. Mm -hmm and not bringing home stuff to work with us. Sure. I feel like we should create that clear boundary for ourselves. And by doing that, it helps create the boundary for our, our, our loved ones, our kids and all of that. Um, but having those systems in place is crucial because without it, we're just kind of flapping in the breeze, right? We're not really, we're not really being purposeful in, in much of anything really. You'd mentioned that people say something about uh, wanting to lose weight. Well, yeah, gee whiz, that's great. But how much weight? Yeah. By what date? Yeah. What's your method? Like, it's all about putting a plan into action. You know, uh, one of the things I'm, I'm working on right now is attaching evidence to this program. I was challenged by, uh, I was talking to a professor from Lakehead University up here in Ontario uh, just about uh, how do how do I find evidence for this stuff? Uh, her name's Catherine Sinden, and she's uh, very involved with the fire service up here and conducting studies within departments and such. Nice. Um, one of the things I'm not exactly surprised to find out, but that it was nice to see with respect to working on this program. Um, for example, I'm going to bring up a study here. It's called a randomized trial of smart goal enhanced debriefing after sim uh, simulation to promote educational actions. Wow, that's a mouthful. But uh, it's a study from the Western Journal of Emergency Medicine. So basically, they took uh, like about building systems, right? So they have two groups of students. 
they go out and they conduct this uh, practical class. And at the end of the practical class, one group of students was given five minutes of instruction. I think it was five minutes of instruction on building goals. So it wasn't, mm -hmm. hey, Ryan, let's build a goal for you. Tell me what your goal is and I'll help you. It was literally like, here's how you build a goal. And the other group was not given that instruction. And it was found that the group that was given that instruction led to more execution of more goals downstream from that education than the other group. So it's like before we even start talking about what a good goal is or like what are your goals and let's help you build them and achieve them, just the process of learning about how to build a goal leads to more execution. How about that? Yeah, without knowing how to do it in the first place, there's no way you can implement a plan. That's that's true. It's exactly true. It's like um, you, you got to know how to how to cook an egg before you can make an omelet. You know, <laughs> you really have to know the system before you can execute on that thing. So that's great, man. Um, I want to kind of go back to the the four quadrants that you mentioned: time, effort, pace, and cadence, and maybe break each one of those down just real quick, like individually. So when you're speaking about time, you know specifically what it how how are we relating that to ourselves that we're making the time or that we are um, just keeping that in uh, just keeping ourselves aware of the time it would take us to do the thing. Or if you would break each one of those down for us, that'd be good. Sure. So I've got uh, a page in the wedge uh, called context mm -hmm. that breaks down each one of those things. There's maybe like four sentences for each one here. I'll just give it to you verbatim okay. because uh Oh, okay. You know, right I put on. a little bit of time in actually thinking about that. Like I was preparing for yeah, this question. Good. Good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> good. Right on. <laughs> our age will be defined by the tools we use as all eras of our past. Simple shapes make complex machines. Where our tools were once based more in utility, we seem to be surrounded now by useless trinkets that divert our attention from our most precious resource. Our skills are soft and perishable. Our most finite reserve decays us. Time. Our greatest struggle has turned internal. As we become further detached from the once looming barbarians at our gates, the responsibility to become formidable against the tests we would face tumble into memory. The products of our survival have been sedated with fast-acting dopamine hits from tiny screens and corn syrup. To solve the problems that anchor us to suboptimal versions of ourselves, stalwart action must take as much of us as we are and were once able to give effort. Our future is dependent on the pressure we create on ourselves in the present. This pressure is manifested by continuously reestablishing our aim and acting aggressively to seek a well-stated goal. The pressure that urges us forward is most clear when we're competing for competence. Almost all facets of life are rooted in competition. The victor is almost always capable of more rapid action 
and adaptation, pace. Our ability to adapt has kept us clear of species-destroying calamity. It's this process of rapid change that enables us to push forward, even when the odds of success are far outweighed by obstacles of both mental and material load. This burden of knowing and experiencing failure is only superseded by the will and drive to continue. At scale, after losing momentum and regaining steps mislaid by the failures of our past, the discipline to continue wins the day. Cadence. That's awesome, man. That's really good. I'm going to have to, I encourage you guys to go back, all of you, everyone listening right now, go back and, and just skip back a bit and re-listen to that. That was great. That was awesome, man. Um, I appreciate your time, brother. This has been awesome, dude. It's been great meeting you and, and, and chatting with you about this stuff. I'm eager to see where your career takes you. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> if you would, yeah, right. <laughs> if you would, just give us a, a little bit of where people can find you on social media. Um, I know you mentioned the website earlier, but go ahead and shout that out again. Yeah, sure. So uh, if you go to timeandeffort.ca, you'll find the program. There's download buttons all over the place. They all go out to a Google uh, document that you can just print out and play. Um, if you head over to Instagram, you can follow the project at 6foxtrot. And if you want to follow me personally for uh, jiu-jitsu videos and pictures of chickens, I am, six, <laughs> I am uh, Corvus Actual on basically all forms of uh, social media. Gotcha. And uh, if you take one thing from this project, it's this. Your department took a chance on you. Showing up isn't enough. Yep. Amen to that. Well, right on, man. I appreciate you. And we'll be in touch. I'll, uh, I'll send you a little something in the mail. I like to send my firefighter guests something. So keep an eye out for that. Cool. We'll chat after this is <laughs> over and I'll get the details on that. But right on, dude. Feel free to reach out anytime. And then uh, I appreciate your contribution. I appreciate your perspective. I know you're new coming into it, but that doesn't make your perspective any less valuable and in fact it actually helps add to it so i i think what you're doing is great and just keep it up my man wow thank you man take care bud this guy is the definition of ignited i hope he fired you up as much as he did me the wedge that he talks about is a system that he personally built and put a lot of thought and work into in order to set himself and others up for success so if you want Get the free download at timeandeffort.ca. I've also got the link to that in the show notes. Read it through, highlight what speaks to you, and put it into action. Thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please take 30 seconds of your time and leave a rating and review. It helps the show stand out. And when people are looking for a quality podcast about all things firefighting, I'd love for this one to be the first one that pops up. There are a lot of important things discussed on the show. And as we dive deeper into these topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Ignited.